0: To open one's big mouth is to say something that is meant to be a secret, to say something in an indiscreet, noisy, or boorish manner. How many have used the word boorish in the last week? Only my wife. Uh, She's very articulate, so she might have used it. For example, a girl could say, why did you have to open your big mouth about my crush on Tommy? why couldn't you just keep it between us? Or another example of opening your big mouth when you shouldn't, this is one I've been known to do. We could have given her a surprise birthday party if he hadn't opened up his big mouth. People, my family, they say, Dad, we don't like telling you secrets because you get so excited about what we're going to do for someone, you tell them. How many of you know that a surprise birthday party that you know about two weeks in advance has a little bit less of the surprise to it? We see having a big mouth is an idiom or figure of speech about using your mouth to utter things that are inappropriate, unwise, sometimes expensive, and in some cases, dangerous. We've all done it, opened our big mouth and said things that hurt people we truly love. There are things that I go back in my memories and things that I said that were harsh and cruel, And wish I hadn't said it. Anybody ever have regrets about things you say? And you know that the more that you replay that in your mind, it still is there. It just by going over what I've done wrong doesn't take it away. And that's where the forgiveness of God and others is so important. Is to be able to not continue to just hold on to an offense if someone's said some things that were pretty bogus. And then secondly to Try stopping it out of your mouth, not, not being cruel, not being, you know, thoughtless and embarrassing. What are some ways that we could uh, open our mouth and kind of realize we, we messed up? Maybe we've committed to do something that we actually cannot do. An example of that was uh, when I was in Bible college up in Portland, I was… Uh, working at United Parcel Service, and I think I was doing from 11 to 7 in the morning that shift. And then a friend of mine, Bob Stricker Jr., uh, he had um, he had a canned goods store over in Vancouver, and I was working for Bob part time. And then I was painting the trim on an apartment complex, and so. I was dead dog tired one time and I remember I came home and I was laying down on my bed and I get the call from Bob and he said, hey, could you work the store today? And, and I go, yes. And I hang up and I just began to cry. I was just so tired. Uh, I can't recall how it played out. I don't know if I called him back and said, could you Forgive me for that. Could you release me from that? Or if I went and just uh, manned up. No, to look good, I manned up. In other words, I don't recall what happened. But to really just make myself look better, then let's just assume i manned up. No, I probably got on the phone and cried to my friend. (laughs) Please let me off the hook, man. Have you ever overcommitted? I remember a number of years ago, uh, we had a mortgage broker that had told us that, that he had gotten us this loan. And, and uh, so uh, he kept delaying, and this is delaying it, and that's delaying it, and that's delaying it. And finally, Pastor Denny had just gotten into mortgages, and he sat with us and he said, oh, this man misspoke. That product's not even available. And we realized that to save face, this guy had committed to something that he couldn't do. Fear of man can get us to say things that that aren't true, or that we promises that we can't keep, and they can be very, very disappointing to people that that believe in you. Nobody wants to be the person that people say, ah, oh, don't, don't, don't believe him. You know, he spouts or she. They spout things; they'll never come through. I don't want to be that person. Do you? No. Okay. How about? Committing to an appointment without making sure that you haven't double booked. Thank you, Bob. (laughs) Bob. This sermon is brought to you by Bob's Confession. Okay, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Double booking a commitment. Don't you love it? I love it when professionals do it to me. Hi, this is Dr. Merrill's office, and we found out we double booked. <laughs> I'm not the only one. You people. <laughs> Guess you had to be there. Okay. But again, double booking. It's awkward to call up and say, hey, can we reschedule? I didn't mean to, but I have another appointment too at the same time. Then you go through the blame game. Well, then why did you choose that one over me? You know, okay. We can sure get in trouble with our big fat mouth. It can be silly things we say. But it can be much more evil like lying, slander, gossip, perjury. These are flat out dangerous to oneself or to others. Let's just look at them really briefly because the, this is an overview of what we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come. And so I'm not going to go into these, these um, deeply, but lying. One of the reasons I hate lying, and God hates it, God hates lying. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it said that all liars have a place in the lake of fire, all liars. Wow. So, liar, liar, your pants are going to be on fire. It really is true. Lar, lar, pants on fire. That's how you say it if you're from Louisiana. Okay. Lying. One of the reasons I hate lying is because lying always elongates the sin cycle. If I cover up what I'm doing, there's more freedom I have to get deeper entrenched in what I'm covering up. Drug use pornography, uh, cheating on a mate. People say, well, of course he lied. He was having an affair. Well, that's the point, is lying often is a bedfellow with other all other types of sin. We lie to cover what we do. We lie to paint a picture that isn't real. Uh, slander. To, slander can be lying about someone or slander can be even taking truthful things with the purpose of destroying someone's influence to another. Have you ever slandered someone? I have. Bob, it's just you and I were the only sinners in the group. Has anyone else ever slandered, ever sat and gossiped with the desire to just rip someone's reputation down? How many of you are thankful that the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness including that one yeah. slander how about gossip one that's the next one is perjury perjury is lying under oath there there is so much perjury going on on a political level just fake everything okay wow that's why the Ten Commandments, you shall not bear false witness. If someone that perjures in court and, and someone else spends, let's say, 17 years or 20 years for a crime they didn't, they didn't perform, and then when they get released, then the person says, I am really sorry. Oops, I lied in court. It's hard to give someone 20 years back of their life because you perjured. So, So the mouth can be amazingly... Uh, difficult, and in, 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 in one might say, well, is there ever any good use for, for my mouth? Is it just something that's so negative I've just got to watch what I say? Well, it's an instrument for positive change. Can my mouth or can't my mouth be used for good? The answer is yes, it can be used for good, much more than you might imagine. Let's look at the, at the Bible First point I want to bring up is that God uses his mouth to build things. God builds things by his words. Now, we may not know this, but we also do. Like Proverbs 14.1 says that the, the wise woman builds her house, but the, you know, the foolish woman tears it down with her hands. Right? How 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 do you build your house positively? Speaking well to your husband, speaking well to your children, encouraging people. How do you tear it down? Be overtly jealous and not get over it. Every time you know, Fritzy walks in the door, there's criticism. Or for a guy, your wife, nothing she cooks is ever tastes good. You, you make a point of always bragging about everyone else's cooking while, you know, and then, and then there's my sweeties, you know. Those are, those are ways that we can build things or deconstruct things by the use of our lips. God uses his mouth to build things. In Genesis 1 verses 1 through 3, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, or the Spirit was brooding over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. He said, let there be light, and there was light. God speaks, things come to pass. Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 3 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, it says that we take this by faith in that our oldest people at joy weren't there at creation. So we have to believe what was stated by the Bible. That God created and and God was the, the primal cause for all of matter and all of its properties. It's very interesting because when you, when you, when you boil down uh, people who believe in, in, in God versus people who just believe in quote-unquote science, and you get to the origin of matter, people will tell you, uh, those that would be materialist or, or existentialist, they will tell you, well, matter has always been. Well, did you know the name Jehovah for Jehovah God is I am or I exist? The difference between us is they say matter is Jehovah and we say Father is Jehovah. He's the self-existent. He is the primary cause. He himself uncaused. Nobody caused God. God is the causation of all matter. He's the one who, who, how, how did, you know, who's his mama? He doesn't have one apparently. He has always existed way beyond my ability to think and ponder it. But the evidence is this. I think it's a lot more viable to believe that matter just didn't self-create and self, you know, uh, morph into us. I'm still at a loss to understand how a rock thought it was in its best um, future to develop a brain. And so the very fact that we are so ornate, and uh, it, it really shows a creative design. I chose to read Hebrews 11.3 out of the New King James because it said that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word, now, my precious Uncle Leo is here, and, uh, and uh, back when I came from Bible college, he hired me for a number of months, and I went back to Bible college before he could fire me, but I was a framer, and Uncle Leo, was a, he's a good, good carpenter, and he had a very good framing crew. Now it was interesting because you'd see a bare patch of ground, and 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 uh, you know there were times that that, that we would actually uh, set up the forums and pour the foundation, and other times you know framers will just build on the foundation, but generally when person sees. Uh, brush cut and and trees felled and someone says, hey, we're going to build a house here. They don't have much of an idea of what it's going to look until they begin to see the frame go up. And all of a sudden they can realize, oh, that's quite a big house. Well, how did you know? Well, I saw the frame. And so, so the frame would go up and next thing we'd, Uh, either build the rafters or call in for trusses sheathing goes over it and then people would stop by and say well what kind of siding are you gonna use what color will this house be on and on and on well in the concept of a builder's world when you say something was framed by someone every tradesman knows oh that's not random that's design God framed the world by the word of God. Say this with me. Words are powerful. Words are helpful. Words can be destructive. This is the interesting thing because we're not just regular old people from the neighborhood. When, when you received Father God to be your God, when you received forgiveness of sins through faith in the blood of Jesus and you were obedient to water baptism and received the Holy Spirit through your belief in Jesus and, and, and potentially pursued manifestation of the other gifts that the Lord has for you. Okay, you went from being just a regular old son of Adam to a child of God. I'm sorry that it's so controversial. Let me say this again. When you were born again by faith in Jesus and what he's accomplished, you went from being a regular son of Adam, from, from the, the, the brotherhood of humanity, you became a child, a child of God. And children behave and children grow up to look like the family. I know you're better. No, I don't want to grow up like my family. I did that to Johnny one time. Someone said, Didn't you look a lot like Johnny when you're young? And and so I grabbed his, his his face and I put it in my face. I said, Johnny, face your future. And he goes, I can't. It happens. If you're a German kid, get married before you hit 30 or you'll have that flat head in the back and square neck and no one will want to marry you, so make sure you get married before you hit 30. Well, I can't even say that anymore now that I found out I'm not not that much German. But anyway, when I was a German, I could say that joke. Okay. So one of the things when we talk about how God functions, we can't just say, well, you know, Uh, He's God. You have to say, he's God and I'm his child. And a lot of ways that he runs his world is how I need to run my world. And how, how how does he work with his speech? Second point I want to make is everything God speaks is true and what he declares will come to pass. I like honest people. I don't know about you, but I like living in the community. I'm glad I don't have, live out of a suitcase. And you know, one night I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Next week I'm in Nashville. Day, or the day after that I'm in Paducah. Day after that I'm up in, uh, you know, uh, Pennsylvania. I, some people like to travel a lot. I like neighborhoods. I like knowing that the guys that I buy tires from, they're honest. I had a flat tire and I, I drove a spare just from uh, Post Falls, Idaho on the right near uh, Spokane, drove all the way to come home to get my tires because the price was better and I wanted to get it from my tire guys. So there are people that I trust to talk about cuts of meat. There are people I trust about any question that I have. How many of you like Medford because of the friendliness and and people want to serve you here? At least At least maybe I'm so good looking and sweet, they just want to serve me, and maybe everyone is mean to you. But for me, Medford is a great community. There's a lot of good work people that really want to help you. And I like reliable situations. And when I find that someone has been shucking and jiving, I don't go and burn down their establishment. I just go where I can feel like I can trust someone. God speaks what is true all the time. Pastor Steve, I want to be a good parent. Don't lie to your kids. Don't blow smoke up their skirt. Don't tell them you're taking them to Yellowstone and, 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 and instead you take them to Ashland to drink the lithia water because it's a sulfur spring. Hello, come on now. I don't know about you, I think I'm talking to human beings that can have the same temptations to to do things, to not keep your word. I want to keep my word. What you say, you do. Or you have a powerful explanation and a new plan to get it done. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8 and 9 God says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. That's what I love about God. That's what I love about, about when, 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 when you hear The Lord speak into your heart about situations that are going to come to pass. I was walking around where we have the girl's house and a man had pledged $25,000 and he was walking around and he was trying to give me advice and I want you to do this and this and that and the other. and, And so while we're walking around, the Holy Spirit said, ignore him. He's not coming through. And then he told me, he said, I want you and George to work this out. Sure enough, When the time came, the guy said, oh, man, I don't have the money. You know, plenty of money. He didn't have it for that. But that's what I love about the Head Start, that hearing the voice of the Lord. He can speak to you. God never shucks and jives. Man does. And men and women that want to look like the family, we've got to stop the shuck and jive and and get some management on our commitments, on our bookings, You want to you, you promise the girl you love, the sun, moon, and stars? Knock down a few before you start the talk. Ha, have, some, have some victories you're working on right now, or they're already accomplished. Then all of a sudden you have credibility. Otherwise, it's just yapping, okay? God says, I declare the end before it happens. Number three, we have a problem with using our mouths negatively. We know that we can encourage, train, impart vision, but often we don't. Take a big advantage when you have a baby. They're they're crumb crunchers. Feed me. You can fool them for a long time. Get ahead and instruct your children all the time. Even in our nursery, we're trying to teach the babies the name of Jesus, how to pray, how to put their faith. From from our our kids that began to speak, they're hearing Christian songs. They're in a Christian culture. Why? Because our children and everyone that comes into our reach is worthy of instruction and training. We can use our lips to edify and build each other up. Or we can, we can set out the opportunity. Well, you know, I guess my kids are going to have to figure it out for themselves. Really? If I took you to a junkyard, could you have manufactured your own car? Sometimes it's good to have someone prefab things for you. And, 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 and all it's paid for you to come to Jesus and, and all of the pain it took to understand the cost of sin. And you're not going to tell your kids about it. You're not going to warn. You're not going to instruct. Paul told the Ephesian elders, he said, I warned you with tears for the space of three years. I warned you with tears day and night. Warn? What was he warning them about? He's warning them about disunity. He's warning them about getting caught in the flesh about being offended by hard things that can come in your life. Paul warned with tears because he saw that in this life, you can get some real road rash. And he wanted to alleviate the suffering by instructing and giving good words. And that's what we can do for the people in our world, starting at home, starting with your roommates. Build them up, love on them practice all that good stuff that you may dream of doing if you pioneer a church or something like that. James, the Lord's brother, he understood this problem with the tongue. If you read James, you think, how could he be the brother of Jesus? Jesus was, you know, like gentle shepherd and all that. And James, it's like he was really tired of pastoring by the time he wrote the book of James. He called the whole Jerusalem church adulterers and adulteresses. That's going to really warm the crowd, you know? And then he's talking about our tongue and our use of the tongue. And, and here's what he said in James chapter 3, verses 7 and following. People can tame all kinds of animals birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Pastor James, he makes me look good. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. James understood this, that the battle with our tongue is that that while we're dealing with the renewing of the mind, how many of you know that when you called on Jesus, you called on him and then the Holy Spirit moves into your life to begin the work of sanctifying you? That is to separate you from the craziness of what you had in the world. How many found in the world, they don't talk nice all the time? Or maybe they talk nice to get the sale and then comes the harsh reality. And so when you come in the kingdom, God is taking you on and you still, you, you have an invasion force in your life. If you die, you get the full package. But the Bible said to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. So, so your soul is being saved, or that is your mind, will, and emotions are being trained into maturity by the Holy Spirit over time. The problem is we have to talk before we get perfected. And that's what James is is talking about. He's saying, man, you're coming to church. Man, I'm going to wave my booty here, shake my booty and get down here. And and, and so we come to church and we're shouting down the power. Oh, Lord, you're so awesome. Get off my back. Thank you, Lord. Gosh, I got to leave here. That woman wore the same dress as me, you know. Don't you hate that when it happens, Bob? I do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Has anyone ever been guilty of like, you, you can come into God's house and be blessing the Lord and, and just really got a mat on towards someone else in the church. I'm not looking to the right. He's over there. I bless you, Lord. Pastor James is not giving us a break. (laughs) Out of your mouth, man. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Want to kiss me? No. No, don't want to. Am am I making any sense here? I know this probably doesn't relate to Jackson County, but those folks up in Josephine and Douglas, they need to hear this stuff. (laughs) Here, we got it all worked out, right? Are we working on it? What is our goal? Since we realize this battle with our mind, so part of it is we need to keep growing. Doesn't that make sense? We need to keep maturing spiritually. Don't be acting like you're already perfect. If you're going to come up here acting like you're perfect, show me the holes in your hands and your feet. We're learning together. We're all bozos in the boat. And so our first goal is to consistently speak blessing to God and man. Paul, Paul wrote and he said that we need to bless all men. All of them, even people from a different political party, got to bless them. You know, pray for them. Speak well. Speak well to the leader of our people. When, when uh, our president uh, Barack Obama was in office, I blessed him. Many things I didn't agree with, still blessed him. Have a new president. Many ways he tweets, I don't agree with. Many other things that he's done, I don't agree with. But I'll tell you what, he's the leader of our people, and I pray for him, and I bless him. We we bless our governor. We bless people consistently. That's our goal. How many have said, I haven't reached that goal yet? We're moving towards it. Number two, to drain the swamp of negative cursing of things and people. You know, I moved back to Deadford. Deadford, Oregon? How many of you know Medford's got it all? We've got, we've got some of the world's biggest corporations Lithia car dealerships, I think, are second or third largest in the whole country. Ericsson Crane is probably the largest uh, air supply thing. Asante Medical Regional Medical Center is in, is in the top uh, five hospitals for cardio. I think it's rated as one of the top 10 hospitals in the US. It's Deadford if it's Deadford in your Headford. I'm not putting anybody down. I just know that it's easy to begin to curse your blessing. Maybe maybe we need a career change, something, to where you don't just keep getting the same kind of job expecting different results. We have to move on. We want to not curse our blessing. When, when you speak poorly about your maid or you speak poorly about your house, you got to bless what you have. you got a beater with a heater that you're driving. Say, man, I have a beater with a heater and it's probably one of the best beaters in the he- with a heater in this town. This thing should have been wrecked and smashed up and sent to China for metal 10 years ago. But I've been driving it the whole time. EPA's tried to shut me down from all the oil that's blowing out of the rings. But... It's a good car. Number three, to be wise with our thoughts and words. Proverbs 12, 12 18 says, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. I'm looking at my time and uh, I wish I could uh, spend a little bit more time on this. I want to have a tongue, especially for those that get really beat up. I kind of grew up in a world where if you really want to be a tough guy, you fought another guy when you're both at your peak. You don't, you don't jump a guy that's been kicked down already. And I've carried a little bit of that over into my spiritual walk, and that is when someone comes into my office and Maybe they've made a lot of personal mistakes and they've just been folded, stapled, and mutilated. That's not the time for me to start in. That's the time for healing words. Yeah, you made some mistakes. God is for you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. We can do it. Don't lose heart. You serve the one who is your glory and the lifter of your head. Let's read the scriptures. Let's read John 8. The woman caught in the act of adultery, God had a plan for her. Look at David, God had a plan for him. Look at Samson, anyone else in the Bible he's a restorer. How many of you know that some people you get around them and it's like a a nice smoothie. You feel healthier. And another t- time you get with people and it's like, eh, 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 eh. it's just like the sharp piercing of a sword. Conversation that goes like this, I am big, you are small, I am smart, you are stupid. I've, 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 I've graphed out conversations I've had with people that come in and I am smart, you are, you, you know, you are stupid, I am big, you are small. If you ever find that that graph works on what you're saying to someone, you want to withdraw from that, don't do that. Be gracious. Be gracious. Psalm 19:14 Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart words and thoughts. Best way to control your words, control your thoughts. Pause before you utter your words and get the mind of Christ on it. Is this going to confuse the issue? Is this going to dig me in deeper? Is this going to hurt someone? Maybe I need to not say it. Will this issue really go away if I take another day before we talk about it? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Last point I want to make is to be like our God and call into existence those things that will come supernaturally. Mark 11, verses 22 through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have God's kind of faith. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. You'll have what you say. I was reminded a few months ago by by a, a dear friend of ours, Bill Scheidler, and Bill and Joanne moved back up to Portland area, but when, when I was... 19 or 20 years old, we were in a meeting, and they were looking at future church planters from the church. It was about 1975. I didn't actually leave there for another seven years uh, to plant the church in Medford with Kim. But uh, he said, what what do you feel that uh, God's called you guys to do? And so my turn came, and I said, well, you know, I believe that God has called me to pastor pastors eventually. And uh, and so I was in a meeting, and we were getting our young guys together uh, to our first meeting for our church planting uh, group. And, uh, and Bill was there, and he said, Steve, I remember that meeting when you're just a kid and you believe that you're going to pastor pastors. And he said, it's, it's happened. I, I really think that we need to not poo-poo the dreams. Young people, look at me. I'm for you. I'm not for you. Ducking life, if you get close to me, you'll find I'll always ask you to be tough because the world isn't supposed to dream your dreams. You are. The world isn't supposed to seek God for you. You are. The world will, will not make those things come to pass in your life, but God will. How many of you can say, I've been seeing that in my life? If I'm going to be like dad, I've got to be able to pray and believe that what I speak is going to come to pass. Let's stand up together if we could. Anybody get anything out of this? Look to your neighbor and say, you know, I think this was for you. Probably not for me, but I I definitely think it was for you. I just want to touch you maybe on an emotional, spiritual level. I believe sometimes if we feel something when we, when we pray, a lot of my memories are laced with emotions and I remember not only the memory but the emotion that I felt. It's so beautiful to be born again. It's so beautiful that God would call us out of darkness and make us his children. So many Christians, they only go to the salvation gate. That's all they know is the mercy of God and they never understand the grace. God not only can take you out of a deep pit, but he actually wants to build a great tower with your life. But that takes the faith to say, you know what? I'm going to have to come into agreement with God's words about my life. I'm going to have to start watching my tongue. And I've got to manage. I've got to, instead of just taking what someone said about you, saying, you know, hey, the schmelzers aren't going to amount to a hill of beans. We are going to amount to a lot more. Because God is for us. And the Lamberts, you're not defined by yesterday. But the Kyle Lambert family is moving on with a new confession, a new understanding. If God is for us, which man can stand against us? I want people to leave this church with some swag. With a little bit of swag in your step, you go, God is for me. I'm not just a typical neighborhood guy. I'm a child of God. I've been recreated through the... The new birth. And what God does. As a dear child, I'm going to do. I'm going to be a truth teller. I'm going to be a blesser. And I'm going to speak good words to people around me. You want to be a friend that people are clamoring to be around? Be an encourager. That phone rings all the time when you're an encourager. You want to be all alone? Talk to people. I am big. You are small. I am smart. You are stupid. You'll be all alone. How many of you know that God just wants to teach us how he does business? And I want you to have it because it's such a tool to win the game. It's such a tool. No matter what your circumstances, if you're lacking anything, keep talking about God's blessing. Keep talking about your future. Keep believing that God has a bright today and tomorrow for you. And you will see those things begin to change. How many wish I could just cut loose and now get to preaching? How many are really wanting to end this meeting? Okay, you devils, okay. If everyone could close your eyes for a moment. One of the greatest parts of every service is that opportunity to join the family of God. Becoming born again of God is an interesting thing because the Bible teaches it's spiritual in that you have to be drawn by God. Otherwise, it sounds like craziness. Crazy people in a room talking about an invisible God that you've never seen. But when God begins to call you to himself, you begin to know, man, there's reality here. There is a God. He created the heavens and the earth. He framed the world by his words. And his word has the power to change my life. The Bible tells us what it takes to become born of God. And it is to just call. Call on the name of the Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead. To call on the Lord knowing that he will take away your shame. And that whoever calls... He's not going to ask what's your ethnic background. He's not going to ask which party you vote for. He's not going to ask you what your money looks like. He simply says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And right now, while your eyes are closed, I want to just respond. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I don't really know where I'm at with God, but I want in. I want to be a part of that family. I want to have God working in my life. I want to have the work of the Holy Spirit changing the way I think. I want to be guided by the Holy Spirit. I want to be alive in God. If if you're here today and you say, I, I, I want that. I want to be saved. I want to know God. Just put your hand up and let me know you're there. We're gonna have a word of prayer. Hallelujah. I see some hands up. Hallelujah. Any more? Come on, get your hands up. It's a good day. I see other hands, man. Other hands, man. It's a good day to receive the living God. He's He's a talking God. He's one that wants to talk to you. He wants to put great things in your life just agree with this prayer. Let's all pray this prayer. And then later on, we're going to have a means whereby you can come down. Let us know about your commitment with uh, some information. We want to see everybody equipped. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I'm taking you at your word that you love me and that you gave Jesus to be a payment for my sins. I'm here to acknowledge I've sinned before you. I have no right to demand that you be my God, but I take your invitation. If you'll be my God, I'll be your child. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child and I'll be your servant. Today, I receive you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. For all of us, and that includes the the, the new Christians as well, how many can, can say, Lord, help me with the way I think. Help me with my tongue. Help me, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray for each one here that you would just help us, God, as we study this subject, Lord. Lord, let it not just be academic to us, but let it be practical that we implement these teachings in our heart. Lord, help us to look like dad. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.